Hi, this is Felix Chimeranyika, lead pastor of Kairos Christian Center in Lilonga, Malawi. I am happy that you have joined us for the Kairos Lilonga podcast, and I believe God is going to inspire you and break you through into your kingdom destiny as you hear the word unpacked. This is your Kairos moment, God's appointed season for your kingdom breakthrough. May I ask you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2. And may I ask you to stand as we read the word of God together. This is the very word of God. The infallible word. Infallible. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2. We're going through a preaching series, an expository preaching series through Hebrews. And uh, we're calling it Keep Running. Tell your neighbor, keep running. Hebrews chapter 2, from verse 5 to verse 18. And I'll just read in English for the sake of time. For he has not put the the world to come, of which we speak in subjection to angels. But one testified in a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might test death for everyone." For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. All men are like grass. And the glory like the flowers of the field. The grass withers. The flowers fade, but the word of our God, to realize that it is a tough one. Not only is it a tough one, well, we have an enemy who is there to make sure that we don't reach the destiny of God. Who makes sure that we don't reach the destiny of God. Stand in front of me. Amen. Who makes sure things that God has ordained for us we never walk into. 
And I'm sure if I were to ask this morning, how many of us right now are about ready to give up on God? There will be some people. Yes, it gets tough. It gets hard. The Christian life, doing the purpose of God, bringing in the purposes of God into the earth, is not a simple thing. It's not an easy thing. When the author of the letter to the Hebrews, actually the sermon to the Hebrews, he was writing to, the, to a people who were being pressed, who were being tried and tempted, and were not able to continue in their Christian faith. And he writes this letter, this sermon, as an encouragement to them. And you know, in summary, the verses that we just read, this portion, is basically saying to them, Jesus broke through for you. Jesus broke through for you. And you know, we do well this morning to be reminded of that fact. Jesus broke through for you. Tell your neighbor, Jesus broke through for you. Look him in the eye. Jesus broke through for you. Now, four things we need to be reminded about how Jesus broke through for us. Number one, he was humiliated for you. Jesus was humiliated for you. In essence, you as a human being created in the image of God given dominion by God in the beginning lost that dominion and Jesus has come to give back that dominion listen to this in verse 5 for he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels he has not put the world to come as far as the oath of Hebrews is concerned, there is this world, and then there is the world to come. There is this kingdom, this dominion, and then there is the dominion to come, the dominion of God. And so he's more concerned, not about just this passing world, this transient world, but more of the world that is to come. Because it is the greater world, it is the one that is perfect. And so the author of Hebrews is saying, listen, he has not put that world of which we're speaking about in subjection to angels. In subjection to angels. Now, that word subjection there is a word that means to put under, to, to subdue, to have dominion over. It's actually a military term. In other words, the understanding is this. You as a human being, made in the image of God, the God of all the earth, the God of the heavens, who has dominion, who is a king, you too are meant to have authority and dominion. Now watch this. He says in verse 6, but one testified in a certain place saying, what is man that you are mindful of him? Verse 6. 
or the son of man that you take care of him. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. This is a quotation from Psalm 8. Which we read as, as our responsive reading. But it speaks of man. That man somehow is favored by God. And as it says here in verse 7, you have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. What's the author of Hebrews trying to say? He's saying, listen, there is a position of man which is a little lower than the angels. And obviously here, speaking to Hebrews, the Jews, he knows that these people are making the connection to Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3. Where God created humanity in his image and gave them authority. And so the understanding here is this. There is God, then there are angels, and then there is humanity. And then comes the creation order And he says, listen to this. In verse 8. For in that he put all in subjection under him. Under who? Under man. Not under him, capital H. Like Jesus. Ah, under him, small letter H, you and me. Is if there's something that you and I need to realize. Is that the authority that was lost in the garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve sinned against God. And gave that authority to Satan. In Christ Jesus, we get that back. Ah. Here's one of the saddest things the church. The church does not understand the authority that Christians do not understand the authority that they have. Oh, you are made a little lower than they Things have been given to you. Things have been subjected to you. Hallelujah. Oh. May there be that revelation in some ah, of that you are not just a person that's tossed to and fro. That's just moving according to circumstances. No, no, no. You are a person who God has a purpose and has planned for and has given authority to. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. In other words, because of the fall, you and I don't have the dominion we're But listen to this. But we see Jesus. Hallelujah. Ever since chapter 1, he has not mentioned the word Jesus. He's always been saying the son, the son, the son, the son. But now he says, listen, but when we see Jesus, we see Jesus, that historical person that walked the earth. We see Jesus 
was real, is real. Yes, Urundi weni weni. Ndipo anali weni weni. Anaenda basi hapo. When you and I say, this is the year 2009. Ichino ndichaka 2009. We're basically saying, 2009. 2009. After Jesus was born. Zadusa chibadwa cha Yesu jirabiti. A historical person. A real person. That you can have a relationship with. Not just the title the son of man. Kungwa muchula kuti mwana wa Mungu. Yes. But now we see Jesus. But now we see a relationship with Jesus. That brings this back again this back again. Listen. Verse 9, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor. This Jesus became man. Now we've been told already in chapter 1 that Jesus or the Son is the express image of God. If you want a picture of God, if you want a photograph of God, that's what you would see Jesus. And he has already shown us that this Jesus created everything. This Jesus holds everything by the word of his power. This Jesus is God. He is God. says, but this God was made a little lower than the angel. He became a human being. God became man. The creature or the creator became like the creature. But now we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death with glory and honor. Why did he come? Why did he take on flesh so that he could suffer death? Listen. Listen. We crowned with glory and honor. Crowned with glory and honor. Do you know the way to glory? Is the way of suffering? I mean, as far as Jesus is concerned, not apostle and doctor, whatever is concerned, but as far as Jesus is concerned, I've been hearing bishop and apostle and prophet, and they just told you that all you got to do to get into the glory, you know, so just give your tithe. Yeah. Come on, the Bible doesn't I, teach that. It says, now we see Jesus for the suffering of death crowned with glory. There is no glory. There is no crown without the cross. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Not take up your throne and follow me. In fact, your throne Pandonu. Your throne must be counted as done as this was. I consider all things to be I like the King James Version. To be done to be done for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Do you know we have our crowns? On Somebody's education, some degrees here. Somebody's parents here. A crown is what makes you feel important. They have to be crushed. They must be crushed. There is only one king. His name is Jesus. 
And he says, for this son of man, for this Jesus, he had to suffer to be crowned with glory that he, says verse 9 at the end there, by the grace of God, might test death for everyone. Ah. Now if you remember the curse, if you remember the curse, was this, if you eat of the fruit of this tree, you shall surely die. And all of us in Adam have died. We are just dead people walking. We are just death waiting to, to happen. And so God said, Adam, in the day you eat of the fruit of the tree, you shall surely die. Now, did Adam die immediately? No, 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 no. The spiritual starts first and then comes the physical. The physical is just a manifestation of the spiritual. Don't get caught up with the physical. I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not the end all and be all. And so the curse came. You eat of this, you die. And they died. And all men have died. They are born dead. No, but you know, it's if it's only a child hasn't done anything at all. As far as it's descended from Adam, it is inbuilt with death at the time of its birth. And so listen, Jesus now, Paul tells us, Paul in Romans, he is the second Adam. He came to fulfill what Adam failed to do. And so he came to die so that he can buy us eternal life. That's why this author of Hebrews can say, in verse 9 again, that he, by the grace of God, might test death for everyone. For every human being. So that they put their trust in him. Oh friend, I'm here to remind you this morning. He has humiliated himself for you. He has broken through for you. When you go through that trouble, when you think God has forsaken you, please he was humiliated for you. He was humiliated for you, number one. And then number two, he was punished for you. He was punished for you. Listen to this, it says in verse 10. For it was fitting for him for whom all things and by whom all things in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. He was punished for you so that you could be a part of the family of God. So that there could be a relationship between you and God. It was fitting. We're being told now that Jesus, um, it was fitting for him, sorry, 
for whom all things and by whom are all things. Everything is for him. And everything is by him. Paul. Paul, in Romans chapter 8, says, for of him and through him and to him are all things. To him glory, to him be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. I mean, it's interesting. When you read these biblical authors, when they start talking about what God has done in Christ Jesus, they run out of, of words. Because I'm sure you, you can put this into one single word. <laughs> but you see, the author of Hebrews is at pains here to, to express himself. For whom are all things. For whom are all things. All things are for him. And by whom are all things. Says it was fitting for him. And bringing many sons to glory. In bringing many sons to glory. And daughters as well. Yeah, and, daughters as well. and daughters as well. In bringing them to glory. What glory? The glory of the dominion they had lost. The glory of being the sons of God. And the daughters of God. Being named by the most excellent name of God. It says that it was fitting that in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect To make the captain. Now, that's not a really good translation, captain. Because that word actually means the initiator, the, the founder, so he's not just, you know, part of the team. And he's just like somebody amongst the team. That coach has chosen to be okay. You're going to be captain. Ah, he's the founder. He's the initiator. So it was fitting. This initiator, listen to this. This initiator of their deliverance or their salvation must be perfected through suffering. Perfected. Are you trying to say Jesus is not perfect? Uh -uh. Very perfect. But here's the point. That if he's going to be the founder and initiator, let him be proved to be the founder and initiator. If he's going to lead people, if he's going to lead people from death into life, from all creation into creation, creation, what the leader says death. Conquer death. So that everyone that comes after him can truly have eternal life. So God allowed it. Please understand. There is nothing that God fears. He's still God. He can come in the, in the form of a human being. Still God. He can die, but he's still God. And so it was fitting that this one, who is the founder of this family, new family of God, that he should be perfected. He should be proven through suffering. Ah. 
the Christianity we have today. I think we have a get out of suffering card. In actual fact, if the truth were to be told here this morning, there are people that have become Christian because they're escaping trouble. They're running away from trouble. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that now that you've joined this family, this family, oh, you, you, you just put up the heat of suffering. Oh, yes. No, I'm not talking about the fake ones. The ones that have an acceptable Christianity you know, that fits in. The undercover brothers and sisters you can't even tell they're Christian or not. It's only Sunday you see them. Sunday is when you see them in church. But here, hear what they say. Listen to what they listen to. You will never know they're born again. Well, that's because they're not born again. Uh, that's because they're not born again. But if you've joined this, please understand, the way to it is suffering. Hallelujah. <laughs> Paul and friends are being persecuted. In fact, they rejoice. Imagine, eh? They are persecuted and they are rejoicing. says, for we must enter the kingdom of God through many trials and tribulations. When was the last time you suffered for Christ? Or maybe you just shut up so that you don't suffer for Christ. I know I don't have the gift of witnessing. As if there's a gift of witnessing in the Bible. There's no gift of witnessing. But really, when was the last time you actually suffered? When was the last time this, this actually cost you? I mean, some of us. Enough. For somebody who just mentioned the T word, tithe. There they go, looking for the money again. Bas. Good translation, bro. I mean, even in the little small things, the little obligations, Christian obligations, we don't even perform. Sell. We have a sale on Wednesday night. Please come. It's an inconvenience. Mm. Oh, let's come. As a church, we need to be praying because the church is a praying church. Let's come on Friday night and pray together. Oh, it's too much of a bother. Church starts at 9 o'clock at Kairos. Because from 9 to 10 we're praying. Oh, and those other people are in the membership class. It's a bother. Of course, Christians are Christian enough not to say it like that. Do you know we can be drifting away from God and not even know we're drifting away from God. That's why it's called deception. If you are deceived, you would not know you are If you knew you were deceived, then you would not be deceived. 
Listen to this. Verse 11 says, For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. Please understand. The punishing of Jesus made you to become one with him. So he who is sanctifying, he who is making you holy, and he who makes us holy, and being made holy, he understands your problem. He is a part of you. Listen to this. For which reason he's not ashamed to call them brethren. Not ashamed to call me brother. <laughs> hey, brother Felix, how are you doing? I'm doing good, brother Jesus. But some of us don't even want to mention him. Isn't it? Do you know what Jesus said? Whoever is ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of from that day in the presence of my father. Some of you, if you had a famous brother, we would all know in fact, people refer to you as so-and-so's brother. Because you don't have that claim to fame, you see. brother. Do they say that about you? It's a follower of Jesus. Listen, verse 12. Now, he's not ashamed, so he says, I'll declare your name to my brethren. I'll declare your name of Jehovah. I'll declare your name before my brethren or to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. <laughs> that relationship works itself out in the assembly. There are a lot of people that get bored with Jesus on Sunday morning. Right? Or get ashamed, kind of like this. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Yeah, I praise him. <laughs> but if somebody were to say, Beckham has just scored. Beckham would have got it. Very same person. Very same person. Very same very easily praise Beckham and Arsenal. Or is it Kobe? I don't know. Kind of Kobe, see, see. But when it comes to praising Kobe Jesus, Lord, Lord, yes, yes. Listen, and again, I'll put my trust in him. And again, here I am and the children whom God has given me. What's the whole point of all these verses from the Old Testament? There is a real relationship between Jesus and those that are in Christ. Jesus was punished for them so that they can become the children of God. John writes, he says in John chapter 1, says, and to those who believed him, he gave them the power to become the children of God because they believed in him. Oh, may I, may I tell you this morning, may I remind you this morning, because he was punished, because he was punished for you, he cares for you, you have a relationship with him. 
He's not a far away distant God. Who created the universe and walked away. And everything flew according to laws of nature. That's not God of the Bible. God is not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is a God who identifies with you. Who has gone through suffering for you. So that you might be a child of God. And may I say to you this morning. If you are a child of God. When you call upon your father. God will hear you. We should be reminded. That he was humiliated. For us. He was punished for us. And then thirdly he conquered for us. He conquered for us. We lost life. And we lost some privileges. And authority before God. He has come. So he can restore that. Verse 14. And as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, who are the children? Those that are in Christ. What is flesh and blood? Being human, he says he himself likewise shared in the same. Yeah. He shared in flesh and blood. You know, those things you nicely called weaknesses. We Zidu. actually sins, but no, let's be nice. Weaknesses. Zidu. Do you know? He Zidu. put on a human body too. Because here it says, you know, as much as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he also partook of flesh and blood. I don't know about you. I don't want to Jesus who's locked up in heaven and is all about heavenly stuff. I want to Jesus who understands what I'm going through. That's the one I want. Who understands how it gets, it gets crazy down here. Even though you want to pray, with your hands in the air, somehow there's flashbacks in your mind of stuff you should have been thinking in church. Oh, you're all holy people, nothing like that happens. But I'm talking to, to the ones that are not holy. He likewise shared in the same. That death, he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil. Now we've been told another reason now that he took on humanity so that he could die. Ha. He came to die, yeah. He knew he was going to suffer, yeah. He knew he was going to be separated from the Father and the Holy Spirit that he had never been separated from. That God would turn his face away from him. Yes. He came to die. Because the only way to get into the next level of glory he must die. So it says here that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. Through death, he destroyed death. You know, we're scared of death. Oh, we are. We are so scared of death. But you know, death is the pathway to the next level of glory. 
You want to get into the presence of glory, the presence of Jesus? Before he comes, die. Yeah. And there's glory and majesty there. Now he came to die that he might destroy him who has the power of death. That is the devil. See, what is happening here is something that happened at the beginning in Genesis. This is a reversal. This is God on a revenge mission. Look, I'm, I'm tired of a Christianity that, that just tells me that oh, I'm just justified. End of story. Oh, no, I want him to have some power. I want him to have some power. Because I'm going through issues here. Oh, I want to know a God. I want, I want to know a God who heals. So that he can alleviate my suffering. Because how will I serve him if I die? So Jesus came to destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. Listen to this. It says in verse 15 and release those who through the fear of death now, interesting word. He came to destroy. It's not the usual word in the Greek New Testament for destroy. Uh -huh. It's actually a word that might mean to invalidate something. To make something of no effect. You see, in the Garden of Eden, when we sinned, we came under the authority of Satan. And so Jesus, by dying and defeating death, he got the authority invalidated the power of death that Satan had for those that believe in him. And that's why verse 15 says, and release, and release all who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The unbelieving world is scared of death. Scared of death. Even some in the believing world scared of death. But you know what he came to do? He came to open the the jail. <laughs> to open up the cells of people that were confined by the fear of death. He came to release them and liberate them. He says, for indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed Abraham. You know what Jesus did? He conquered for you. He conquered for you. That trouble that you're going through, that sin that you're struggling with, Jesus paid for it and even has the power to release you out of it. That's what Paul can say. Sin no longer has dominion over you. The dominion sin has over you is the dominion you give it by fearing it. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another. It says that you may be healed. In other words, what James is saying is, it looks like if you don't confess, 
and that sickness came because of some sin, it's not going to be exposed so that the healing power of God can come upon your life. Here's how that sin has gotten you. It's hiding away in some dark place where you don't want to confess it to anyone. And as long as it is in the dark place, it has power over you. As long as you're in bondage to it, the bondage of the fear of its, of its being exposed. Now they'll think I'm I'm, I'm, I'm really the worst sinner. Welcome to the club of sinners. We are a club of sinners that have just been justified by God. And daily, we walk by the power of the grace of God. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Who loved me and gave his life for me. Oh, come on, you are not holy. Oh, yeah. It is only by the grace of God and so please understand. Whatever it is you have committed, please come and say, you know, I'm struggling with this. Because you're talking to another sinner that's you know, many of us are not moving forward in a Christian life. Because we're in this bondage, in this fear. And Satan is making sure you don't get out of there. Because he wants to make sure that you don't do anything for the kingdom of God. And as long as he's got that one, that thing that he can show you, holy, holy, holy what? Look at you. This is what you're doing right. You shouldn't even volunteer to do what you can't do. Right? Look at you. Oh, please. Come to Jesus where the freedom is. Confess that thing. Come before him. Confess it. Even confess to somebody else. And help me. Because if you do not do that, you might be saved. But you still be in your chain. You know, sometimes the difference between prisoners is just the length of their chain. Eh? <laughs> Do you know that when they're about to, to release prisoners at Maul, they actually, if it's just two days, three days, they actually send them to places in town. Because they know if they just run away, when they catch them, it's going to be another stretch. And so sometimes you might walk into town and see these prisoners in white. And you're wondering, where's the copper out of the Jordan? Here's the story. They are in chains. They are still prisoners. They are in town. But they are still prisoners. They can have a fanta. They are still prisoners. They can come to church. They are still prisoners. They can raise their hands. Still prisoners. And may I say, this is at the heart of the ineffectiveness of the church. Because there are many people who are scared. I can't do that. Because if they just find out what I've been doing. And the devil is saying, good, don't tell anyone. We will keep this to ourselves. 
Oh, he came to conquer for you. He conquered for you. He came to free you. So that you can serve God. Without any fear. You know, sometimes we act as if God didn't didn't see us sin. He saw you sin. He knew you were going to sin. May I say this? I know it's going to shock some people. God knows the sin you'll commit tomorrow. And he still loves you. So I can go on sinning. Yeah, that shows that you're returning to your vomit and you're not a he was humiliated for you. He was punished for you. He conquered for you. Thank you for listening to the Kairos Lolongwe podcast. I trust you've been blessed. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with friends on Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and whatever social media you're on. May the Lord break you through into your kingdom destiny. Blessings.